it seems like a long time since I was up here, but oh, just moments ago. Time. Uh, all right, so we're going to look at spiritual gifts of healings. And I hope that this morning will provide an expansive, uh, not highly detailed, limited time, but an, an expanded view of what this means. We have a limited amount of information provided about this gift, uh, just this quick statement, it shows up in, in, uh, here in Corinthians, and we are going to explore where all that can go, and how this, how this shows up, this manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 12, 9, we find this. The one Spirit gives the gift of healing. So the Holy Spirit, again, uh, 12.11 tells us that he's the one who decides. He, it's according to his will, where, when, with whom these things take place. But this, this is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, a spiritual, the, the word is, uh, that we're told is there, this manifestation is there to do something amazing through individuals in the church and God is manifesting this in, in a variety of ways. So the one spirit gives the gift of healing. This is helpful to go back and look at how the Greek is uh, rendered here, or the Greek is written. So that's a spectrum. So let's put that in there. Healing, Greek plural, healings, referring to different kinds of disease which need different kinds of healing, according to Jameson, uh, Fawcett and Brown commentary. So just going with the, with the Greek and, and the idea that's pre- presented here, this becomes a very um, narrow idea of what this, what this is or how this works in, in so many instances. And it's really a broad spectrum because it's healings, and it applies to so many things. So in the case of a woman who has dealt with uh, an issue of blood, she's been bleeding 12 years, gone to all kinds of doctors. She shows up one day, Jesus is walking through the crowd. She grabs hold just of the edge of his robe, the garment, the, the just thinking to herself, he heals everybody. Maybe this is it. Maybe this will heal me. So she is healed instantaneously. Bam. Jesus doesn't, hasn't seen her because she's snuck up behind him, grabbed the, this corner of his robe. But he knows that the power has gone into someone. And so he stops the entourage and says, well, where is she? And she's all scared and hiding. And he gets her out. And he deals with her and says, hey, your sins are forgiven. You are healed. You are sorry. You know, go. You, you are, you, you're brought in now to the community. doesn't say all that. It all happens there. So she's got an issue of blood. In that community, you cannot, that, that woman would not be allowed into the, the sacred places. She couldn't go to the temple and worship because of that. 
it's an uncleanness, and so that would leave her out of the ceremony. It's not a it's not a sin matter, but it is a an, a problem with the ceremonial uh, purity issues. So that that leaves her out of the community. So we have a whole lot of people now who know a lot more about what it means to be isolated, to be quarantined, to wear masks, to hide behind things. In, in those days, if you had leprosy, you had to walk around saying, I'm clean, wear your mask, yell, scream, stay distant six feet from everyone. And now everybody in the world knows how that works. Isn't that amazing? One of the issues when you do all of that is you get the positive of slowing down the spread of whatever it is that everyone has. On the other hand, you also, because I'm dealing with someone in an assisted living situation, there are all these people who are lonely and we're probably killing off an older generation because they're isolated because people need people. We need connections. We need relationship. So this woman is isolated for 12 years, spent everything. I don't even know where she got her money, but she had to have some money to pay for doctors for that length of time. 12 years, she touches Jesus. It all changes. She can now come and worship. She can now enter into the community. Why would she run and hide immediately and sneak up on him to even get, because she was embarrassed. She was ashamed. She didn't feel like she was worthy to be part of this community at all. And now she has been brought into now life, community. She has been healed physically. And, and typically the whole focus on that is all about, well, she got physically healed. healed. She was healed in every area of her life, psychologically, sociologically, she is now able to be part of life. She was not allowed to be part of prior to this. So the gift of healing, I love this, because the Holy Spirit needed, knew we needed more than just fixing our gallbladders. He knew that there was more to life. What if somebody is suffering psychological issues? What if there are people who have gone through trauma, and we call it PTSD today, and you go, well, that's military guys. No, it's anybody who suffered trauma, and they're still processing, trying to work through that, and it may lock them in. That trauma may stop their emotional, their psychological growth, their development, at whatever point that trauma strikes them. So if you are 19 and a soldier on the front, and you have trauma... You're going to lock in on some of that. And so you know some of these guys from World War II who are you know, 90s, 100-year-old, and they still have nightmares because there's, still, there's some trauma that's still looping. Some of that leads to people not being able to process properly if they've had trauma as young children, and, and they can't develop emotionally beyond that point in certain areas. Now, they may be able to go, go to school and learn knowledge, intellectual information they may not be able to socialize because that part of them got locked out so they can't do that when jesus heals someone who's lame 
or even when the church is involved in that later. How much physical therapy do they go through? You, you remember that takes like years, months, whatever. They have to have that machine that moves their legs and all that. No. Immediately they get up and walk. How do you go from, I got a physical healing that fixed me, but now my brain knows to tell my body to work? How's that, how's that happen? My dad is looking at, at last days and his, uh, when I took him for his physical checkup, doctor says, man, all these numbers are great. Somebody 40 years old would love to have these kind of numbers. He comes in on a walker, stumbles around trying to get in and out. How can you be absolutely perfect on the numbers and not be able to walk? Can't find his chair, can't operate uh, a remote, has a hard time even answering a phone that's just a desk type and being able to even sometimes find words, to find the words, but also sometimes to speak the words. What happens if you have perfect health and yet you're not functioning? Do you need healing? But it's only physical, because if we just do the physical, see, see the problem here? And somehow, that is where this gift has landed. So anybody who has one leg shorter than the other can go to an evangelist who is a, some kind of Christian healer, has the gift of healing, and, and their legs will straighten up, and their spines will straighten up. If scoliosis, it just seems those are popular in these areas of healing. But this is gifts of healings that God wants to put in people who are in the church, determined by the Holy Spirit, His way, when He chooses, with whom He chooses, and it brings people to a level of functioning and living life fully. That's a whole lot more than just a quick fix on a disease. Yeah, though we're not going to turn up our noses at that one either. But this is more. There's a great variety. There's a spectrum. There, there's a multitude. Do you realize that when God put the rainbow in the sky, it wasn't just yellow? Why is that? Why would he have variety of things? Why is it there's different shades of green? we got spring coming around the corner, and those greens will just pop. And they're all sorts of greens. Why do that? Isn't it just one thing? Huh. So this is bigger than is typically uh, that this is given credit for. It's bigger, it goes wider, it does more, it's more accessible. It's pretty exciting to think what God can do, and he wants to do it through his people in this world. Oh, we'll get to more of that. Let's talk about the divisive stuff, because this is fun. Divisive health divide. These are uh, the, some extremes that people can go to and often do for whatever reason. This is a common thing among humans is to run to one end or the other, and whenever a topic is brought up in their minds, they run to the end and 
know, what about and what if? And, you know, that's where you get into the wonderful arguments we have. So here's one, divisive health divide. On one end, all God, in terms of healing, all God, no doctors. And typically we'd put that back in the physical category, but all God, no doctors. So you've seen that, heard that, maybe, I don't know, maybe you've practiced that, but that's, that's one view. The other is all doctors, no God, and that, that's a, a go-to for most Western people to see science as the answer to all things. So there, that tendency happens to be there. So that does divide, and it goes from one end to the other. It's unnecessary. And let's look at, let's look at this. Doctor-only problem. This, this is from way back in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 16. And the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. So he died in the 41st year of his reign. There's a plan. Anybody you know ever go to the doctor and die? So the statement is about his approach to this. He didn't seek the Lord's help. Only physicians. There's an extreme. That's one end. That could be a problem. Is, is the Bible presenting no physicians, all God? Because, you know, some people say that. And that's how they live. That, that's just, you know, we just, that's all we have to do. We, we just pray or we go to healers or that's our, that's our method. Well, Jesus acknowledges doctors. In Luke 5.31, he answers the people. So healthy, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. So th- does that sound like an anti-physician statement from the son of glory? No. No, he's okay with the physicians. So only going to physicians is not a good plan. Saying God is not okay with physicians with physicians, uh, not true. Medicines and medical professionals in ancient Israel. In Jeremiah 8.22, this comes out here, is there no medicine in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why is there no healing for the wounds of my people? This is God asking, and he's Going, what is going on with you people? So it's medicines, it's the physicians, it's the whole package, and God is like, you guys have no health care in that area? And he's concerned, and he thinks that that's not right. So whoever has been on one end or the other of this health divide is wrong. That's not the position that God takes. He has given people the ability, talents, all kinds of abilities in working with other people, physical, psychological, emotional, trying to help people get through whatever it is that comes. We live in a broken world. Our bodies, our minds, our situations will sometimes, well, 
will always be broken just to a greater or lesser degree. We need them. We need healing. We need help. We need those people. So there's trained people. And in that case, we have one of the members that we're told, one of the members of the missionary team that Paul has is a physician. He's taken him all over the place. So we have appreciation of the medical profession. Colossians 4.14, Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings. Luke, you know, the questionable quack who travels with me, sends his greetings. Oh, the beloved doctor, because they're not having a problem with this training and with people learning how to help care for other people. And Luke is handy. He's a physician. He's also a historian. That's how we got the Gospel of Luke. That's how we have the book of Acts. Luke is the one who, who went... I know I've told you this before, but I just love it. Luke is an outsider. He is a Greek physician. He has come to know Jesus. He travels with Paul. He goes to Jerusalem. He doesn't know all of the Hebrew stuff. He doesn't know all the Jewish stuff. He, he hasn't grown up around or hung out with Mary, Jesus' mother. The disciples did. You don't get this stuff from John. You don't, you don't get it from Matthew. It, Mark was younger. I mean, he, he heard about it, but he, he was just a boy when a lot of this was unfolding, even though it passed through his house at times. Matthew's with them. John's with them. They're hanging out with Mary. Mary actually is the one John takes care of till she passes away. You go, well, he didn't write much on her. Nope. Who does? This outsider who shows up and says, you know, i got some questions. How did Jesus get here? What happened? What's that story? We wouldn't have a Christmas story. Luke. All the stuff that Mary was thinking when Gabriel the angel comes up and, and she just goes into this beautiful poet, poetic discourse and shares these things. Where do we get that? How do we know about Elizabeth and, and John the Baptist leaping in her womb when Mary walks up? Luke. Who asks questions? Who's the outsider? The beloved physician. Did a good job. He's healed a lot of people in 2,000 years. And it wasn't just physical. So appreciation of the medical profession. All that goes into it. The skills that are there. The training. All of the elements are part of that. God heals. Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals you. So if you've heard the name for God, Jehovah Rapha, or Yahweh Rapha, that's where this comes from. It's from this verse. That's a title. He's, I'm the Lord who heals you. So he does this like no one else can do when someone is recovering or they've never walked before and suddenly they can not only walk, they can run, dance. It's just all there immediately. Who does that? Well, that's, that's God. That's not the skilled physician using his talent and tricks and all that he's learned to make this work. Uh, no, this is, this is God doing something in, the, in, in such an incredible way. But that doesn't mean that he's not involved with the talent, the skills, the development of, 
of medical procedures. He's not saying, I don't do that. He's behind healing. I'm the Lord who heals you. We're given in the New Testament uh, some instructions for healing. In James 5, 14 and 15. And this one is for the church. And this is, this is written uh, by James. And he's, he's leading the church at this point. So he's the head of the church. You'd think it would be Peter, Paul, or you know, some of those guys. No, he's, he's in Jerusalem holding down the fort. And he passes on this information. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. All of that and that simple statement and that action. If you remember... Uh, Naaman, who, who came from Syria, this Old Testament story. He, he's a he works with the king in Syria. Here's he has leprosy. He hears from one of the servant girls who's been a captive from Israel that there's a prophet in Israel who can heal this. And so he makes a trip over to see the prophet. He's told to go. And he sees Elisha. Elisha doesn't even come out to meet him. He sends his servant out and says, Go tell him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times and he'll be fine. Naaman's response to that was, You're an idiot. I'm going home. That is just dumb. So, you know, he's, he's a great warrior, top general, whatever all those things are that part of his titles. He's not going to do that. And then he's talked into it. He does it, comes out healed. So people are given this instruction in black and white in every copy of the scriptures. Are you sick? Here's your steps to healing. You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Why? It starts off in James chapter 1. If any of you lack wisdom, ask God, he'll give it to you. You need to have faith. Big thing in James, in the book of James. You need to have faith. How do you demonstrate faith, and where would you get wisdom? You're sick. Obviously, the first step is to go to the physician. Huh. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease, yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. Then he died. Any problems yet? Where do we start? Where do we start? I'm not going to start with the elders. First call is to my primary care care physician and then checking the insurance and see who I can go see. When do the elders fit? When did this get replaced by modern medicine? When was this, the God of heaven, replaced by something better. And how many people do you know have actually lived to 200 years as a result of seeing their physicians? And if you don't know any, then listen to James, who says, if any of you are sick, 
you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will, will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. Does that mean that there are no doctors involved? No, that doesn't mean no doctors are involved. Does it mean it could be immediate and fantastic and cool? Yeah, could be that too. Does it mean he's at work in us because of our faith? Yes. That's where it works. That's where it happens. That's wisdom. It's putting first things first. It's elevating him to his position, which he holds anyway whether we recognize it or not. And he says... I got something for you, but it takes faith. It takes faith. You got to say in your head, first, my first step, when I get that cancer diagnosis, guess who I'm calling? That's where I'm starting. Not 10th, not 21st, or get in the hospital and wait for that chaplain to stop by, sweet as they are. That's not what this says. This is about the elders of the church. Why them? Because that's who you fellowship with. You're sharing faith. How do you find that gift of healing, healings, in your fellowship? Because it says it's for the good of all. God is releasing this. The Holy Spirit's going to manifest this in the people in the church. Well, no, it's only the guy that's on TV and the guy that travels through in your church. But... I know those people. Exactly. Faith. Because it ain't them. Didn't it say the Lord heals you? Not them? Wow. Boy, I wish this sermon were over, don't you? Good night. There's more. Okay, here's some healers. So you get this list. There'd be a whole lot more, but this is all the pyramid I could fit on there. Okay, so God, obviously, he's the, God is the one who heals you, Exodus fifteen twenty six. Are physicians part of this process? Yeah, yeah, he's going to include them. And herbalists, people who find in nature things that are healing. And they could be nutritionists, dietitians. I mean, you could put all kinds of names. I just like this one. So all of these people who are researching and looking at all the things that are around, every medicine comes from something in nature. Did you know that? You, you can't make money off of it because it grows in your backyard. So somebody has to get it, find out what molecule or combination of molecules do certain things. And once they extract that, then they put a big name over their building and they start going to the bank a lot because now that that molecule they can duplicate it artificially and that's what you have in your prescriptions but they start with what god has already placed all around us has been that way since the beginning you can look back at old chinese medicine and find all kinds of cool stuff ayurvedic medicine in india indigenous tribes in Africa or in the Americas, and they all have things that they found that heal. And the more they go down to the Amazon, the more cool things they find, and then they extract whatever it is so they can get a patent on it and make money. Otherwise, it's maybe just a spice in your cabinet at home. So what has God done? 
He's placed what's healing, what's necessary out there all around us. Do we need physicians? Now, the physicians mainly in, in the days that this were, was written were patching up broken things, wounds. They, they didn't do a whole lot of surgery. They would do some, some of that stuff from Egypt because you know, they'd sliced a lot of bodies open. They knew what was in there. So th- some of that study, the Mesopotamians had done uh, a number of things. The Greeks, that's where we get the whole beginning of all Western medicine is going to come out from, from the Greeks. So that's all floating around at this point. The, but a lot of that is patching and finding certain herbs and poultices, and that's what they could offer. Apart from that, they would go to the temples, and they would look for the gods to provide some answer. So Asclepius is in Corinth, which is what we're dealing with in this letter, and Asclepius is the the god of healing and the god of physicians, and that's still the symbol of physicians today, his that we still carry but they carry around. That's not that's not the the snake on that Moses put on the staff. That now this is from Asclepius. So we have this God. They're used to that. They're used to, these people are receiving this letter. They understand that there's a God. You go to that God. You get patched up. One of the things that was cool about this, however, is they had nursing stations. They actually, actually, the physicians actually treated people in terms of patching things up as you know best they knew the technologies, the skills that they had. But they knew some things, and it was amazing. So they could provide that. But they're often just going to Asclepius saying, well, you know, let's make a model out of clay of that body part and we'll present that to you on the altar and you heal that part. So when they opened up these temples in, in that part of the world, they find all kinds of, like, you know, kids have been in there playing with their clay and making Play-Doh things and parts of bodies. And they're all scattered around and that looking for healing. And they were, they were looking to the gods to heal because they knew somehow this, we don't have all the answers. Somehow it's out there. So the healers, from God's perspective, God's going to heal. He's going to use physicians. He's going to use the herbalist. So this, under physicians, I would keep all of the different people that would fit under that in the medical profession. Um, okay, back to gifts of healings. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. Again, 1 Corinthians twelve nine. So it's healings, the gifts of healing. So practitioners. So just throwing all of these guys in there. Physical health care professionals. They're researchers who've got to get out there and figure out, okay, what if you did this with these molecules? And, and maybe some of them read some of the Chinese, old, old some of these ancient things because they're a great. They, they, they kept the whole hum, human population alive till now so they weren't total fools they knew what they were doing but the research is good mental health workers church elders christians because it says we can pray for one another and that and that the holy spirit will give the gift of healings to people in the church as frightening as that is it's pretty cool and these are these are the gifts of healing the object of this, we got to hit this real quick. Is restoration, restoration, function, love, joy, participation, glorification. Remember the woman 
with the bleeding problem, she is now an outsider to everything. Once that's healed, she can now have, she's restored, she's now functioning properly. Now she has joy, she's brought back into the community so there's love, she's able to participate in worship and community life, whatever's happening around her, even with her family, and God gets glorified. That's not a bad deal. All of that happens as, as God is working through the whole, through the whole of this. Now to go back over the practitioners, just for uh, clarification, the gifts of healings are not the normal processes. So somebody goes to school, then they go to medical school, and they do their residency, and then they are declared doctor. That skill, that's talent, that's it's all good. We've, and we appreciate that. Is that this gift? No. This is from the Holy Spirit. It's unique. It is not that, but it would be awesome if those who are practicing medicine had this as well. That combination, the skill, the training, and this gift, wow. That's a, whole, that's a whole different level. And then it brings about a wholeness that, man, that's, that would be something we're looking for. So the gifts of healings, just let me run through. They are Holy Spirit-empowered. Holy Spirit-empowered. Different from just normal skills, talents, and abilities. So when we think about physical uh, healthcare professionals, they may have compassion, they may care, they want to do something good. All great, God helps, God gives talents, all of those things are, are there. This, this is different, this is going to be a level of miraculous, it's going to provide insight that goes far beyond anything we could do as just human beings. It will give researchers, wouldn't you want your researchers running around, looking at their Petri dishes with insights from heaven on how this thing is going. And what else could we do that might make a difference? So, I don't know. What if people had diabetes? I don't know. In the late 1800s in Canada, what do you do for them? You can set them in the cold. That's one possibility. Eh? So... Nope. Somebody decided, let's take a pig pancreas, grind it up, and give it to that kid. Lo and behold, kid got better. How do you come up with that? I'm just sitting around. I'm also wondering, you know, who thought of, there's a snail, I think I'm going to suck it out of there and eat it. You know, the whole escargot thing. So there's some questions about French people I have. But apart from that, Here's this insight that says, you know, we could have some bacon or we could grind up the pancreas on that one there. That helped that boy. Where do insights that are so out there come from? And yet it helps. And you research and they, you know, the, the, it's going faster and faster. And also, the more that it's developing, uh, 
Pharmaceuticals are, are leaning more on bioceuticals, which are going back to nature and finding out the things that God's already put around us. One statement I heard that everything we need that will heal us wherever God has placed us is available in nature within five miles. We don't know that for the most part. Who could help us with that, I wonder? I want researchers who have the gift of healings. I think that would be cool. I also want them to be trained in you know, all those things too. But wow, is that cool? Mental health professionals trying to solve the whole PTSD thing. They, I got a call to go down to uh, Muskogee to the VA hospital for a PTSD training, a couple days of stuff down there, because it's just massive. And the people coming out of Iraq and Afghanistan and in northeast Oklahoma, that's who they service, is so huge. And, and they said, we gotta, you know, we got to do something. And so I was part of, the, part of a group that was down there. They fed us and told us stuff, and it was, it was all cool. But there's not a whole lot they can do. They care, but there's not a whole lot that they can do about these things. But I'm glad, I'm glad they're doing what they're doing. It's just, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if these guys who are suffering are in a church and instead of always only turning to some other thing out there, they turn to what God has provided here in a community where God is releasing, manifesting, showing up in people in whom, through whom he's going to give gifts, the ability to do some healings, maybe talking things through, maybe prayer, maybe guidance, maybe just being there. And, and then God just threw a spark just like that lady that grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment. And wow, it's all put right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Gifts of healings. They are Holy, Holy Spirit empowered. And they fill, uh, fills one or more. It can be one or more people. It can be one or more times. So it may be that the Holy Spirit gives somebody an ability to touch another life and they are healed physically, emotionally, psychologically, whatever area they need. And it happens because God in that moment is using them and it just happens. And they don't have to take the show on the road. They don't have to do any of that. It's just God used them in that moment. For some, he may use it over and over. And so it would become a, a regular kind of a ministry service that they would be able to uh, participate in helping other people. In, in the area of healing. It accomplishes God's purposes. And in human terms, it's always just fix me and keep me alive, get rid of the pain. Straight, and God's looking at this on this huge, enormous picture and saying, sometimes I need pain to get your attention. Sometimes we need to see if you're going to actually trust me in faith. I've told you to, but... You don't really trust that I'm telling you the truth anyway. So you're going to go do it your way. So let's just see how this works out. Let me bring something else into your life. Which way are you going to go now? Uh, here's another one. Which way are you going to go now? 
And at all the same time, you know the story, the guy's floods come in and the guy in the truck shows up and says, I'm going to rescue you. And the guy says, now I'm waiting for the Lord. And the boat comes by as the water's rising. And now I'm waiting for the Lord. Helicopter comes, he's sitting on the roof. And then he dies. And God says, dude, what are you doing here? Well, I was waiting for you to rescue me. I sent a truck, boat, helicopter. What do you want? He sent people. He sent people to us. He's given us instructions. He's provided what we need in nature and in talented people and then the miraculous side of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit within the church. Which way are we going to go? Trust Him or keep doing it the way the world does it? It accomplishes God's purposes which may be greater. There may be things we need to learn through situations that we would just discount and say, I just need a pill, I need something to fix it. Just take away the pain. And it may be something totally different, stretching our faith. Gifts of healings. Acts in certainty and creates wonder. When this happens, it is on. God has done something remarkable and in that moment, people are going to look at that and say that God had to be here. God did that. There's no way that could have happened apart from him. Yep. What to do about the gifts of healings? Acknowledge the gift and appreciate that some have the gift. And in many churches and many Christian groups, that's just discounted. So this would be the day to say, no, you know, God says it's there. I'm going to... I'm going to look for it. I've asked for that one to be in the church a lot because I just think that would be the coolest. That would just be fun just to see happening. So if you all feel the need to heal somebody, just jump up and let me know because we'll put you to work. Okay. Acknowledge the gift and appreciate that some have the gift. Allow the Spirit to determine who, when, and where the gift is applied. Appreciate that the gift may manifest in professionals, ministers, or any believer. It's him. He can do it anywhere with anyone trusting him. It's pretty amazing. Spiritual gifts of healings. All right. Lord, we appreciate your goodness toward us. And this gift is really good. Thank you for being uh, one who trusts us and trusts us on this planet, to handle something like that, that you would manifest it through us. And, Lord, to just see people healed and, and in whatever way is, is needed in their lives, that you would bring that about is just so phenomenal. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for uh, the scriptures that record these things so we can know all the things you do and what's available to us. And Lord, I pray for those here who are hurting for healing. Lord, for your direction in their lives, guidance, wisdom. If they're seeing physicians, that you would give those physicians wisdom. I pray, Lord, that you would bring relief, restoration, peace, hope. Lord, bring people to recognize that you are who you say you are. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to manifest these things in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.